if you'd love to support Michelle and I, you can over on Kofi. It's £4 slash six bucks and you can become part of the VIP Royal community. We have a private Facebook group and we also have a monthly Zoom call. So if you'd love to, we'll leave the link in the show notes. A grand fanfare welcome to our podcast, Keeping Up With The Windsors dedicated to the royal family. Each episode will be crammed to the rafters with opinions, news and commentary on the comings and goings of the family of Windsor. With your hosts and royal fangirls, Rachel Andrews and Michelle Thole. So grab yourself a cuppa, straighten up your tiara, shine your knighthood, round up your corgis and let's keep up with with the Windsors. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Keeping Up With The Windsors. My name is Michelle. And I'm Rachel. We've got a bit of news this week, haven't we, Rachel? A little bit of tidbit information. Yes, yeah, quite a lot going on considering we're coming up for this summer drought. <laughs> I know, brace yourself, Royal Community. <laughs> we didn't think we'd have as much news as we've had this week. We've been pleasantly surprised. Yeah. We spoke to you last week, Royal Community, about the fact that we were going to London on Saturday to visit the National Portrait Gallery and also to see Buckingham Palace's coronation exhibition make sure you're listening to the end of the episode because we'll be sharing our whole experience about our saturday in london well last week we asked you to review our podcast over on spotify and on apple Podcasts or wherever you can review your podcast royal community and you came in thick and fast and we love it we've got a few to share with you today lake shore underscore farmhouse said just a quick note to say i absolutely love your show and i hope you see this review we did <laughs> you are both so light-hearted and make royal watching a fun and entertaining escape to the uk from wisconsin hello wisconsin hello. i'm a huge anglophile and hope to visit someday your cheery voices are the highlight of my week oh thank you Aww. so much thank you we got our chester george and they said i started listening after the queen passed and haven't stopped rachel and michelle are naturally talented podcasters oh thank you <laughs> <laughs> don't feel like it sometimes <laughs> <laughs> and their enthusiasm is contagious. I feel like they are friends and I would love to hang out with them at a royal event. You're more than welcome anytime. We would have the best time. Keep the episodes coming. I've learned so much about the royals and becoming a big fan myself. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you're enjoying everything we're putting out. Like I say, it does take a lot of time and we're so glad that you enjoy what we're doing. One more, CLBWV says, thanks. Love your podcast. like hanging out with a couple of friends, chatting about our favourite family, if only if it was longer. Oh, thank you so much to everyone that's taken the time to leave us a review. It's so appreciated by us. If you would like to review the podcast, as we said, head on over to Spotify or Apple or wherever you get your podcast or you can send us a voice note over on Instagram keeping up the Windsor's pods and get involved with the episodes let us know your opinions absolutely Spotify poll last week what do you think did President Biden break royal protocols Rachel was a little bit mixed so 24% said yes definitely 33% said no not at all 35% said only if the king thinks so and 6% said the royal protocols are and I just put an upside down smiley face (laughs) so there we go it was quite mixed across the board and I think a lot of people said the same thing that if the king wasn't bothered by it why should we yeah yeah right let's head into the royal roundup for this week (laughs) 
let's start with the Duke of Kent. He visited Bletchley Park, home of the Enigma Codebreakers. As patron, he was there to tour Bletchley's latest exhibition. He also visited the new Block E Learning Centre and met members of the team. And I particularly wanted to add this in because Bletchley Park is only about 10 minutes away from where I live. Yeah, and Rachel was very upset that she missed it. Yeah, I said, I was like, oh, my name, the Duke of Kent was going to be here. I would have tried to go and see him. Yeah. But I didn't know. I was gutted that I missed him. If you're ever in the UK and you're interested in World War II history, I definitely recommend going to Bletchley Park. It's got so much information there. As I said, it's home of the Codebreakers and the Enigma machine is actually still there. So you can actually see the machine in action. I've had quite a few royal visits in Milton Keynes recently, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, Catherine came to Bletchley Park a few years ago and we had obviously the king, he was supposed to come with Queen Camilla, but when we met him, he came by himself because Queen Camilla caught COVID. I'm so glad as well, and big shout out to the Royal Socials, because they are totally showing us a lot more of the other royal family and I'm really happy about that. So it was great to see him on the socials as well. And we wanted to say a big happy birthday to Queen Camilla, who celebrated turning 76 on Monday. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Gun salutes were fired in Edinburgh, York, Hillsborough, Cardiff and London, where the bands of the Irish Guards performed happy birthday at Buckingham Palace. Also, happy third wedding anniversary, because this was on the same day, to Princess Beatrice and Edo. On his Instagram, Edo wrote a lovely post in which he said... Happy wedding anniversary to the most beautiful wife in the world. Oh, bless him. (laughs) I am so grateful for every moment we have shared, every challenge we have overcome and every dream we have pursued together. I love you more than words can say and I can't wait to celebrate many more anniversaries with you. Oh, that was just so lovely. And Royal Community, if you've been listening for a while, you know that Beatrice's wedding dress is one of my favourites. I absolutely loved her dress and the sentimental value as well because the Queen first wore it to a film premiere in the 1950s and she wore the same wedding tiara that the Queen wore on her wedding day, the Queen Mary Fringe tiara. And also what was lovely about this wedding show and what I think is so important is that this was Prince Philip's last royal wedding and it was just so nice that he got to be there for his granddaughter and I think they actually had quite a close relationship the York sisters with the Queen and Prince Philip. Yeah. What I found quite interesting is Edo is such a stark contrast to Jack Brooksbank, isn't he? Because Mm. he wears his heart on his sleeve, Edo. You know how much he loves Beatrice. And that's not to say that Jack doesn't feel that way. It's just we don't get those public displays from Jack as much. So I just love a little snapshot into their love story. Yeah, And also, I really like the fact that Edo posted a new photo, which was of Beatrice's wedding bouquet, and it showed her wedding ring, which I've never seen up close. We normally see it with her engagement ring, don't we? Yeah, exactly. And hopefully, as we go along, we'll get even more little snapshots into this special day. So we've had such a lovely celebration this week, and and the socials have adorned with pictures of Camilla as well celebrating 76 years, and she's now queen. Wow. But Shell, you're going to move on now to your favourite royal. Yay, the Pumpnob! So I'm going to chat about the Princess Royal. We saw her in Jersey in the Channel Islands this week, visiting Durrell's Wildlife 
Wildlife Conservation Trust's new tortoise takeover sculpture trail. Right, you know, if I visited Jersey, I'd be all over this. I'd be on that trail like it's no one's business. I love it. So basically, it's a trail of these sculpture tortoises. And you would have seen if you're in London, they've done the elephant ones before. They've got a map. You can go along and do this trail. And one of the tortoises, which has been hand-painted by a lovely artist called Gabriella Street, and she actually created this tortoise called Sanctuary as a gift to the Royal Hobnob because it's the 50th year of Anne being a patron of Durrell's Wildlife Conservation Trust. 50 years, Rach. It's unbelievable. And then we also saw the Princess Royal at Jersey Zoo opening the tortoise tunnel and also a new state-of-the-art enclosure that will house four tortoises. And these are endangered species. This whole initiative is to raise awareness and funds for this endangered species. So I just text you straight away, didn't I, Rach? I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry, so I was so excited. It's so wonderful. If you're in Jersey, the trail runs to the 31st of August. So a lovely thing to do in the summer holidays with your children or with your family or your partner. So yeah. Go out there and have fun. It's lovely to see Anne on the socials. And I'm always quite taken aback when she actually makes the main post and it's not just his stories. I'm always like, yay, go Anne. <laughs> go Anne. I know what I think, to be honest, Rach, it's probably because this is also a celebration of her for the 50 years of dedication that she's put towards the trust. So... We know Anne, she's so dedicated to her charities. I want to put this little bit in because we actually saw the Duke of Gloucester at the Great Yorkshire Show this week. And we also saw the Duchess of Gloucester in a role as president for the Royal Academy of Music. She was attending their graduation ceremony, but not just that. I was so excited because she awarded Jamie Cullen and Beverly Knight honorary membership of the Academy. And that must have been amazing. And I've seen Beverly Knight and Jamie Cullen in concert, not together, separately. <laughs> They're just absolutely spectacular at their crafts. And I was just so chuffed for them that they got this honorary membership. I love Beverly Knight. She toured with Take That. She did the Lulu part of We Light My Fire when they came did back. She? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I loved it. That brings back memories. <laughs> oh, no, I first saw Beverly Knight. She was the support act for Jamiroquai. Oh. Yeah. And then she played Whitney Houston's part in The Bodyguard on it was West End, wasn't it? West End, yeah. yeah. Right, we saw the King and Queen in Cornwall this week. They were in St. Ives and they both visited the Barbara Hepworth Museum and Sculpture Garden where they didn't plant a tree, they planted a plant. <laughs> Plantily? Is that what we're going to say? Is that a tree for Lee? Plantily. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 why I was saying my accent, plant, plantily. Plantily, yeah. Plantily. <laughs> Good plantily. luck, plants. Good luck, plants. So afterwards, they completed a walkabout along the tiny cobbled streets of St. Ives and the crowds were just out in force. There were so yeah. many along the route. I know, considering this engagement wasn't announced, it was only on the day that we found out it was happening. Yeah. So for these crowds to accumulate the way that they did, I was like, wow. And it was really funny. There was one picture of the these two girls, I think they'd got a picture of the king and they were like proper fangirling with each other. Oh my gosh, we actually got a picture. And I was like, this brings up memories of me and you. <laughs> oh gosh, once a royal fan, always a royal fan. I know, right? And we didn't get a picture 
But we had our picture taken by Arthur Edwards. So what more could we want? I know. We've got to collect the whole set now. We've just got to get one from Chris Jackson and we're sorted. <laughs> <laughs> so as they were walking down the cobbled streets, they got to the end and there was this amazing choral choir. And you could hear the sounds of the choir in some of the videos I watched whilst they were doing their walkabout. As they turned the corner, they uh, met members of the Royal National Lifeboat Institution. I don't know whether you saw this as well, but as they were going along their walkabout, there was a lady who makes chocolates and she was like, oh, I've get, here's some chocolates for you. I said, did you make these yourself? And she was like, yeah. I thought, gosh, that's good of her. I would have just bought some. <laughs> she must have like a chocolate business or something. Oh, but... She remember back in the day, the monarch could never accept food because someone might poison them. <laughs> I know. Well, maybe, maybe that is now the job of Lieutenant Colonel Johnny Thompson, he's a food <laughs> taster. I don't know whether that's true, Royal Community. I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <sighs> we also had Queen Camilla visiting the Oasis Centre in St. Columb in Cornwall, and the centre supports those at risk of isolation, including young parents, people suffering from mental health issues, the bereaved and the unemployed in the area. And this was nice, actually, to see Camilla on this engagement because she went without the king, didn't she? This was a, mm. just an engagement where she went on her own. She cut a cake. Mary, <laughs> Mary! And Jake's about slicing the arm off of one of the decorative figures. And the guy <laughs> showing her around said, at least she didn't cut off our head. All I needed was someone to run around and go, boom, at the end. <laughs> also, what I loved about this in particular is she met up with the group of artists there and they painted her a picture, Rach. It was so lovely. And you could tell she was really touched. And this little girl came over and she had this tiara. <laughs> like a little princess. And her, and her brother, I think it was her brother, but another child had a card. And I just think to myself, like, wow, the amount of gifts they must receive during these engagements and events. It's overwhelming, isn't it? We also saw Camilla planting a tree at the Women's Centre in the Bodmin area. The centre specialises in helping women and girls who are impacted by sexual and domestic abuse. These engagements for Camilla, they're very heartfelt. They're something that's connected very closely to her, especially in Cornwall. Remember, they're no longer the Duke and Duchess of Cornwall, but they're so loved. They're beloved there, aren't they? Yeah, and I really enjoyed as well the fact that a lot of her charities were tweeting or putting messages on Instagram stories, happy birthday. Yeah, And again, I think it's because, like you said, the patronages that she does have, she's worked with them for so many years. And you get to know people on a personal level. And I think that's what's really lovely is there is that connection there. It's not just you're a royal patron. You get to know the people behind the charities. Yeah. On Tuesday... We saw the King and the Queen hosting a reception at Windsor Castle to celebrate the 400th anniversary of the publication of Shakespeare's first folio. I didn't even know what a folio was, Rach. I have to no, say. What, is it a performance? No. So basically what happened is, I think it was like seven years after Shakespeare died, a group of his friends put together 36 plays or bits of his work and that makes up a folio. I'm not quite sure which ones are in the first folio, but during the reception, the king and the queen went over and had a look at the first ever folio and they were huge books, you know. When I remember doing it for my English exams, doing Shakespeare, they're quite hefty plays. So to have 36 within one of these folios, that's a lot of work. But not just that, they had this lovely performance from the Royal Shakespeare Company and this was performed 
in the room, and if you've ever Royal Community been to Windsor Castle, is the room where Queen Elizabeth II used to do her pantomimes. You're the room we went in and it was yeah. still under construction. construction. Yeah, actually looking at it now, it's beautiful. All the paintings are back in the room. It's lovely. And then they moved into the Great Hall for a, a drinks reception. And he met with loads and loads of actors, which I won't bore you with now, but I will say that one of them was Dame Judi Dench. And she's had a royal year, hasn't she? Because she's been involved in so many royal events. Yeah, they know each other quite well because they had a kiss on each cheek and then yeah. she did a little curtsy to him. I know. Yeah. And I, I think that's what I love. You can tell there's a respect there that goes beyond the professionalism. Also at this reception was the Duchess of Edinburgh and the Duke and Duchess of Gloucester as well. Not very much publicised, which I'm a bit annoyed about, but <laughs> they definitely were there. <laughs> yeah. We've seen the Duke and Duchess of Edinburgh in small engagements, but nothing really big and nothing that's made the royal socials this week which is surprising so that's our quick little royal roundup for the week now we're going to head on to the royal news because we've had some whale sightings yay it sounds like we're whale watching (laughs) (laughs) whale family sightings whale family sightings (laughs) so let's head over to the royal news for this week The Wales family visited the Royal International Air Tattoo in Gloucestershire and in true British style, it was pouring down with rain. But that didn't stop George, Charlotte and Louis from enjoying being inside the C-17 aircraft which carried Queen Elizabeth II's coffin from Balmoral back to London. Louis looked like he was in his absolute element and it looks like both George and Louis want to take in their father's footsteps and become a pilot because they seemed very interested in everything that was going on as they were being shown around. Yeah, do you see Louis jumped on the back of that jeep, didn't he? He was like, yeah, he did. He was loving it. George <laughs> was moving the part of the aircraft, pressing one of the buttons. Charlotte just was like looking around. I don't know if she was seemed that interested. <laughs> But this was very unexpected and we heard about it on Twitter first. A lot of the Royal Rotor were posting about it saying that it was an end of school term treat for the Wales children because we don't usually see them engagements. We're gradually being drip fed these engagements as they're becoming older. But it's such a surprise, especially when we see all the children together. And one thing I wanted to mention about this engagement show is that there was one print reporter, there was one photographer, obviously Chris Jackson, DJ doing his thing, and one broadcast crew. And then their words and images were then distributed out to the Royal Rota to keep the number of media involved to a minimum. We see these images back in the day of when Harry and William were younger, and there was just so many cameras shoved in their faces basically and I think William and Catherine have this royal life but they try to keep their lives as normal as they possibly can as their young children and I think by just having certain amount of people that maybe they see time and time again so they're familiar with these faces and they know what's going to be kind of expected of them they know there's going to be a camera on them and I think William and Catherine really wary to make sure that they have the best upbringing that they can. And we've spoken as well about how much they need the newer members of the royal family, the young ones, to really take the the slack because there's very dwindling numbers in the royal yeah. family. So this is a great way of easing them gently into that life especially George. I look at him anyway and just know the amount of responsibility that will be on his shoulders one day. And if he can have fun along the way as he's learning, 
then albeit, and I think having that approach is just the best thing that comes from his parents. So they are really leading by example. It was a rainy day, but the amount of people that were waiting as they were getting in and out of the cars just to get a picture of them, it's such an event, not just to go to the ear tattoo, but to see a royal as an ear tattoo. And like you said, Rachel, was very surprised and all of a sudden, oh, there they are. So it's nice, isn't it? I like that. I like having a bit of mystery and at least the children get to enjoy what they're doing. That's also something I saw when they were on the coronation balcony. You can tell, as you just mentioned, George and Louis are totally into aircraft. They love it. Also, Louis had another balcony moment. So at the Jubilee last year, when he put his hands over his ears, yeah. these aeroplanes are very loud. One was um, going past and he was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> you could just see his face. Oh, it's too loud. It's too loud. Yeah. So that was the Wales Children part one. Yeah. Then let's talk about Wimbledon. So on Saturday, Catherine attended the Ladies Wimbledon final in her role as patron of All England Lawn Tennis Association and Croquet Club. And then on Sunday, what we all hoped for happened, George and Charlotte were in attendance. And also Prince William, wasn't it? And I was like, yeah, there is a family. We knew that Prince William was going to be there because that was announced the day before that William was going to attend with Catherine. But we didn't know that George and Charlotte were going to be there. Mm. They had two ball boys and Catherine was speaking to one of the boys. She revealed that Louis was upset that he wasn't going. With the game turning out and being like four and a half hours. No, five hours because I sat there and watched it. Yeah, I sat there and watched it. That's a long time. Charlotte looked in an element when she met Springer Spaniel police dog Stella. Was so cute. Stella was so, so adorable. adorable. Did you hear that Catherine said to the ball boy that when she plays tennis, that George and Charlotte do the ball boy uh, ball yeah. girl <laughs> role? I was like, yes. Off you go, pick the balls up. Well, the thing is, I posted a reel on our Instagram. Make sure you follow us, keeping up the wins as pods. And Charlotte just looked so cool sitting there. She looked like the little chic girl, cool girl, sitting next to her mum with her glasses on. And some people were saying, oh, she looks so bored. I was like, no, you obviously haven't seen the whole thing because George and Charlotte were totally involved in the whole game. Yeah. When there was a break, there was a picture circulating. George got to meet James Bond himself, actor Daniel Craig. Ofs. <laughs> as they do they were seen chatting with King Philippe of Spain who was there to support the Spanish player Carlos Alcaraz I love it when royalty mix I mean I'm with you Rach it's nice isn't it and they are all connected they do know each other they have just probably been rubbing shoulders whilst at the coronation there's loads of different outings that the royals and other royal families get to mix at what i always think of as well whenever i see george and charlotte together is we're looking at a future king and the future princess royal they are the future charles and anne aren't they they really are yeah we said it time and time again what was so adorable was charlotte had her little fingers crossed so she kept them crossed for quite a long time <laughs> and i think it was obvious who they were there to support because you could see charlotte shouting come on carlos and then when carlos alcaraz won they were seen punching the air like yeah what a nice start to their summer holidays it just made me a bit sad that we probably won't see the Wales children now until Christmas <laughs> it was just lovely to see them lovely surprise a nice treat for them because they obviously enjoy tennis they play it 
I think the whole family play it together. I wouldn't be surprised if they have, you know, a friendly competition once in a while. Yeah. Where I'm playing Uno, they're playing tennis. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> now it's probably the summer drought has begun, I'm afraid to say, Royal Community. Mm. So although we do have Prince George's 10th birthday coming up this weekend, we should get a new photo of him released the night before his birthday to commemorate that. And it's always released the night before so that the Royal Rotor has it in time for it then to go on the front pages for the next day. So what do you think? Do you think this is going to be photographed by Catherine or somebody else this time? I don't know, because we've seen a lot recently of the Millie Pilkinson, haven't we? That yeah. she's taken a lot of the family photographs. So it might be another one from that set. Obviously, they had a bit of a photo session. I like that as well, because they, they just get all the photos out of the way and then they get to have their family time. Because that was taken on the Norfolk estate, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Well, Royal Community, we had a lovely time this week visiting the Coronation Exhibition at Buckingham Palace. It opened up on the 15th of July and it's going to run until the 24th of September. So if you are in the area in London, make sure you grab a ticket because I highly recommend it. What do you think, Rach? Yeah, it was really good. We went last year to see the state rooms and we hadn't been for a few years. So we had the audio guides that took us around and explained what pieces of art were and what certain rooms are used for. We didn't get the audio guide this time because we've been there, done that. Yeah. To start off as we walked in, Rach, we saw the Diamond Jubilee State Coach, didn't we? Yeah, it was so nice to see all the little details because my eyesight's not that great. Shell's always like, 2020 vision. Yeah, it's my party trick. <laughs> you you were pointing out things to me that I couldn't see. And you were like, oh, yeah. there's that. And... Yeah, because firstly, if you go to the Royal Muse which is a place where they do have the coaches and all the automobiles on display and the horses. When I've seen the diamond coach there, I wasn't able to go as close up as I could see it when we went to Buckingham Palace. So the amount of precision and care and attention, like those crystal lights and inside they had the inlays of all of the famous woods. And what I mean is there's pieces of old naval ships that all inlaid within the coach and it's absolutely spectacular. So it's a great kind of starter, like this is yeah. what's coming. And then, um, like you say, we did go through the, um, the exhibition. So we kind of whizzed through because we knew we wanted to get to the coronation part. So when you go into the throne room, they had the King and Queen Camilla's chairs with their new emblems. That was in the throne room. And then the further you went through the palace, that's when you got to the main exhibition. And that held the Queen's coronation dress and the robe of estate. Also held the King's coronation outfit and the anointing screen, which Royal Community, seeing this in person, in the flesh, was amazing because I knew that all the countries were embroidered into this. But it's just spectacular in real life, isn't it, Cheryl? It's so colourful. The attention to detail is magnificent. So it basically, on the large part, there's a big tree with 56 leaves and each of the leaves has the name of a Commonwealth representing country on it. And I didn't even know this. I just thought it was a tree because when you see it on TV, you don't get to see all the little intricate details. And I, I said to Shell, I was like, Shell, we've spoken about this on the podcast. <laughs> like, you should know this. I was like, oh, I just, it's so different seeing it in real life. <laughs> and at the bottom, there's words that says, all shall be well and all manner of things shall be well. Just the way in which it was done, this really special moment with the anointing screen going up, this is the most sacred part of the ceremony. And 
And to have that there, so different from the other coronations where they have like this awning that goes over the top rather than round the sides. It was a very special thing to see in real life. We got to see the um, the other set of coronation chairs. Honestly, the embroidery throughout the whole of it, and we'll talk about the gowns in a second, were exquisite. Absolutely done by expert precision the one thing i will say about the throne chairs in particular is camilla's crest is so colorful and beautiful and you could tell they've been newly done the colors are the exact colors they're meant to be because you're so used to going to buckingham palace and seeing like old things do you know what i mean yeah this felt new and like fresh and then let's just chat right (laughs) oh my gosh oh my gosh the robe of estate let's do it So as you go into the room, we had the anointing screen. That was the first thing that we saw. And then we turned the corner and that's obviously where all the people were because that's where you saw the king and queen Camilla's outfits. And let me tell you, the way we did it, which I thought was really good, Shell, is that we went around the back way. Everyone was going around the front. And I think that was because obviously they were listening to the audio guide. Yeah. We saw Camilla's robe of estate. Oh my goodness. I cannot tell you. We were both fangirl. We were basically sitting on the floor looking at all these We were. Time, we it? were there for a long time. Yeah. So we didn't even realise that you can't really see the little details until you're up close. But there was little bees. There was bugs. There was even a dandelion flower that it looked like it had been blown. And so all the particles of the flower had blown away. Yeah, it was spectacular. There was butterflies, ones with their wings out, ones with their wings closed. And Royal Community, when we tell you that it looks like that bee could have literally have flown away, that's how real it was and also how 3D it was. So the wings were actually protruding upwards, weren't they, right? So it looked yeah. like they it was in flight. Yeah. A little beetle on the top of a plant and also it had the queen's cipher on it as well how difficult that would have been to embroider because velvet is a very tough fabric and so for them to have painstakingly gone through them I mean this has come from top professionals yeah honestly the attention to detail and then as you walked around we saw the shoes and we didn't really see the shoes that much obviously because she had on her dress and that covered it for most of the ceremony this shoes are made of silk and then her cipher was embroidered onto that silk shoe and that just blew my mind because I was like that is not easy to do if you know anything about design fashion design textile design that is not for the faint-hearted and then we get to Camilla's dress and I cannot tell you I was blown away again by the detail It was just absolutely incredible. We knew that the dress had her children and grandchildren's names embroidered onto it. And also Bluebell and Beth, her rescue dogs, which was so adorable to see. I didn't think I would be as blown away as I was by her dress. I mean, we had the discussion, where are the buttons? Like, how does it fasten? Because everything was very hidden. It was so streamlined and designed in such a perfect way that I was thinking, like, how did she get it on and off? But obviously there was a way. It's just that's how exquisitely crafted it was. And obviously we let out a scream when we saw Bluebell and Beth. <laughs> totally. But remember, Bluebell and Beth were in like a gold embroidery. The other bits of the dress were in a silver, weren't they? She was yeah. so lovely how they connected the robe, which was all in gold embroidery, and then into the dress and then also into the extra bit because there was like a cape thing over it, wasn't there? Yeah, it was kind of like her arms would have gone into the robe of a 
date, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like you're like putting on a vest top if you can visualize that. What I loved about the dress as well, it was the thread of the silver and the gold together. And it was so intricately detailed. It was just absolutely beautiful. And then Shell goes to me, oh my gosh, Rach. She was like, Rach, look. And the king's outfit. And I was I can't and I can't even look at that right now, Shell. And then I, I looked, you were I was so like, kind of transfixed on Camilla. Yeah. I was like, you haven't even looked at the bling on the king's outfit. And you were like, I'm not ready for it yet. Yeah. I can't do it. And then we walked <laughs> over and this part was really busy. So we shuffled to the front and it was like yeah it reminded me a little tiny bit of like jockey silk i know that sounds really weird do you know like a jockey's jersey yes but like that color yeah it was that really colorful purple wasn't it it's not a deep purple it's quite a it's not a lilac obviously that's too like a light violet, maybe or yeah it, but it was so bright wasn't it and again it was bright we didn't really see that in the photos it doesn't pick up until you're actually standing in front of it mm. and you're like oh wow yeah. Oh, wow. And then you could see the garter star. But we was a bit disappointed, wasn't we, showing that? In the sense that, I think it was his robe, was covering it. And I said, you would have thought they would have made sure that all the jewels that they could have displayed would have been visible. Because that was half covered, wasn't it? Yeah. And to be honest, I think that would be the only criticism. No, I've got two criticisms of it. So I'll tell you the first one. I'll tell you the other one a bit later. But the first criticism for me would be that Order of the Garter star. We could only see about 40% of it. We were like, we want to see the jewels. I understand why they did what they did. Because the robe of estate was actually the main draw. But when you've got something this like priceless... Every part of that outfit is priceless. We want to see every bit of it. So I think I would have loved to have seen it a little bit more. Yeah. And do you know what? I can't remember what it's called. Maybe it's a mantle that the king wears. And at the bottom, it had the biggest bit of bling I've seen. It was like a pendant <laughs> of George and the Dragon. It had the biggest diamonds in it and you know when you look at diamonds you go oh that's a new diamond then you see like antique diamonds yeah you can tell this is hundreds and hundreds of years old Mm -hmm. and it sparkled and i just couldn't keep my eyes off it and it was huge i just kept thinking wow that must have been really heavy yeah never mind the crown never mind the scepter and the orb and all the other stuff that comes with it i was actually blown away by how many pieces of attire the king actually had to wear during the coronation I was flabbergasted by his shoes. They were really shiny, but the biggest buckle I've ever seen on a shoe. <laughs> yeah, like... Santa Claus. Santa Claus's buckle right there. <laughs> when you were looking at the king's outfit compared to the queen's, his robe was worn by his great-grandfather, George V, and then his grandfather, George VI. And so his one wasn't as vibrant as Queen Camilla's was because you could tell that Queen Camilla's had been newly embroidered, whereas he's looked a bit lacklustre in terms of design. But then obviously he had everything else going on. (laughs) He did. The sustainability is such a big part of what he stands for. He could have said, I want a new robe, and Mm -hmm. he decided not to. And I think that tells you a lot about who he is as a man. And I thought as well, it connected so well to his heritage. I completely agree with you. You can tell the difference between the two. But then also, there was something beautiful about it as well. Yeah, there was. Also, Royal Community, can I just say, when we saw the coronation necklace, (laughs) OMG. 
G. First of all, we were looking at the invitation. Oh, it's beautiful. But when you see it up close, I was expecting everything to be embossed with gold on the outside of all the flower details. And it's not. Maybe it was the lighting though. I don't know, but I completely agree with you. I thought it was going to be a bit more blingy than it was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then all of a sudden they just have this necklace and you're like, hang on a minute, I'm not even prepared for this (laughs) right now. I know, I got a minute. The necklace was by itself. It wasn't with Queen Camilla's outfit. Oh my goodness me, the size of those diamonds. And the thing is as well, when you're looking at it, we were both saying, whoever's wearing this, because this necklace has been worn by every queen consort since Queen Victoria, they've got to have quite a small neck because this necklace isn't that big in terms of the width of it. And I was quite surprised that some of the stones, you could tell they had a tint. So the one right at the top, close to the clasp, had a pink hue to it. There was another one that looked a bit apricot. And I just assumed they were going to be really white, bright diamonds. But again, they had that antique, ornate look to them. And there's so much character and history connected to that. It was originally made for Queen Victoria. It's mind-blowing, isn't it, about how many royals have worn that necklace and how special it is. It's so sparkly, but it's also, you know, it's a precious thing. I don't know how to put it. I would be quite afraid to wear it, Rach, would you? Maybe that's why it's only worn at a coronation. Yeah. And then... (laughs) Shell goes, goes, oh, we're coming up for the oven glass. (laughs) so funny I actually meant the coronation glove royal community I call it the oven glove does it look like an oven glove when we saw the coronation glove up close you could actually see the leather was quite worn and it was cracked in places yeah so obviously this glove is quite old so it, it makes sense but then as you come out of that room we went around the corner and we wasn't expecting they had photos from quite a few years of the king's life. So there was a photo of him and a then Princess Elizabeth. Yeah, You've probably seen at Royal Community. He's in his crib where she's looking over him. Then we saw one of the Queen with her mother and father and Princess Margaret and Prince Philip. And you said, I don't think I've ever seen that photo before. No, he he was a toddler. It looked like in Balmoral. It was just such a lovely, intimate picture. You can tell, obviously, it was a picture that was taken to have the three monarchs in it, if that makes sense. But it was so special and I've never seen it before. And I love the fact that we got this photo representation of Charles becoming king throughout the years. There was also a photo of him being inducted as the Prince of Wales at Carnarvon Castle. Yeah. There was also a picture of him and Camilla, wasn't there? That was Mm. really lovely to see. What surprised us, and we were not taken aback, but we wasn't expecting, was that if you've ever been to Buckingham Palace, as you're going into the palace or once you're in the palace, you, you would see pictures of the queen and now it's the king. And it just it was just like, oh, this is such a turnaround. Just so much has changed within that one year. One thing I will say about Buckingham Palace is if you've been to the state rooms, you've been to the state rooms, they're all the same. It was a Saturday, so it's absolutely packed in there. And the first Saturday was open as well. So you can just imagine. And we were walking through and we were like, oh yeah, seen that. And we were like, oh yeah, we was in the white drawing room. We were like, okay, we know that's a secret door there. And there's that portrait of 
Queen Alexandra. This is where William was baptised. So we, we've kind of done that all before. You know what it's like, royal community. As you're, as you're going around certain portraits, you're looking at them and you're like, so where's that dress? Where's that dress of Queen Mary's? Where's that piece of jewellery? Yeah. Where are all these pieces? Why are they not on yeah. display? Get them all yeah. out. We want to see everything. Honestly, it's infuriating royal community because we know there's so many artefacts, jewellery items, outfits that are there that we know probably are very fragile. But come on, put some kind of display of that on. We would love to see that. I'd pay good money to see that. There were so many portraits that you see of Queen Mary of Queen Alexandra or Queen Victoria. And I know over time these pieces might have sold or been reused to make other garments. I think especially when it's a portrait, you always have in the back of your mind, where is that now? It's got to be in the Royal Vault somewhere. So put it out on display. You want to make more money for the Royal Collection? Get it all out for all the royal community to see. Yeah, because also the people who are going to see the palace are people who want to be there as well. So why not give them what they want? Give us what we want! I want to say just a few more things before we end with the whole Buckingham Palace segment. As we were walking around the Coronation Exhibition, there were also sketches of designs that are being made for the King's outfit, which I found very interesting. And also reasons why they chose, for instance a certain symbol as opposed to another one. So there was thought behind everything. And I, I really like that aspect of the exhibition. And I also want to mention whilst I was researching all this today, that um, I noticed on the Royal Collection Trust website, that there's an online event called A History of Coronation Dress, which is happening on the 27th of July. It's a lecture with the Chief Executive of the Royal School of Needlework. I'll pop a link in the show notes for you if you want to attend that, because I think it would be very interesting to find out a bit more about the dress and also, as we mentioned, Rach, talking to somebody who's actually part of that whole embroidery expertise and exquisiteness with that work. And I just wanted to mention my second cry. I know it was all about the King and Queen, but we actually wanted to see Sophie's dress. Catherine's headpiece. We wanted to see William's garter robes. We wanted to see a little bit more. I loved everything that was on display, but also there was other members of the family that had prominent positions or things that we might have remembered from the coronation. I Mm -hmm. would have liked to have seen a bit of that. But again, that's probably just the royal fan in me coming out. I think everyone wants to see those outfits. Hopefully over time, we will. Also on Saturday, we visited the National Portrait Gallery, which has reopened after three years of refurbishment. And what was funny about this is we found someone who works there and we just said to this guy, he was like, where's everything royal? (laughs) And he looked at us like, oh. Uh, So we went straight to the third floor. That's the top floor because that's where the Tudor section is. We saw portraits of Henry VIII. We also saw quite a few portraits of Queen Elizabeth I, didn't we? Yeah. Which I've never seen before. There was one portrait in particular that I've never seen. We have vlogged this entire trip. We was allowed to film in there. Again, it was very busy. So when you see that, you'll know exactly what we mean. But we were on the hunt for William and Catherine's portrait of when they were the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge it's in the center of all these other portraits and pictures and photos and it takes a real prominence doesn't it 
It does. And you will know, Royal Community, if you've been listening long enough, my thoughts about this portrait. I was not a fan. I've completely done a 180. In real life, this portrait is amazing. Fair enough, I still don't like the vampire wife dress, but I can tell why the painter chose it why it's there and how the material kind of just changes your eyeline and the way you see the whole thing. And also, I just love that every single person that came past just stopped and were like, oh, that's Kate Wells. It was lovely. I said to Rachel, we got to have a selfie and somebody overheard us. They're like, we'll take us, we'll do your selfie for you. And we have a picture outside. We also saw a painting that I don't think either of us had seen before of Queen Victoria and Prince Albert. When you watch the vlog, you'll know what painting we're talking about. We saw pictures of King George VI when he was the Duke of York. And we also saw a lovely painting of King George V with Queen Mary, Prince Edward and Princess Mary. And it was huge, wasn't it? It was huge. We walked in and we were like, wow. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure you head on over to YouTube, Keeping Up With The Windsors, because those vlogs will be up shortly. Thank you so much for being here and listening to today's episode. We love you, Royal Community, for joining us every single week. If you want to leave your review over on Spotify and Apple, we would love you forever. And please feel free to share our podcast with anybody you know who loves the Royals just as much as we do. And if you want to share our podcast on Instagram, just tag us in it. We love it when people do that. Don't forget, you can also become part the VIP Royal Community over on Kofi. It's £4 or 6 bucks. And if you join this week, you'll be in time for our monthly Zoom call, which is happening next Saturday. If you'd like to email us, you can. Keep it up with the Windsors pod at gmail.com. And we will see you next week on Keeping Keep Up with the Windsors. Windsors.